0: If your Bible, turned turn to Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Brother Marvin read it earlier. It's part of our text today. If you can stand with me, please, if you're able. Isaiah 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Father, thank you today for keeping your word. Thank you for fulfilling a promise that came so many years ago. And for coming into our world, we love and we praise you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You can be seated. I realize our Advent series has been titled Rediscover Christmas. But the more I thought about that, and it's certainly a good idea, I think the most important thing to do is rediscover Christ. Because truly, he is what Christmas is really all about. And we've been on a journey. And we have learned over the past four weeks that Advent is certainly a season of expectant waiting. As we anticipate his second coming, but also reflect back on his first coming into our world. And I want to say today, this is still the greatest story ever told, how God became flesh. just at the right time, He became flesh and lived among us. Not only is it the greatest story ever told, Jesus Christ is the greatest gift ever given unto all people. We spent the last four weeks looking at different characters of the Christmas story. And we're not going to rehash all of that this morning. But here's what I like about my Jesus. He came to intersect with our lives. He's not a distant God. He's a God who is at hand. And we've covered quite a few topics already this year. First of all, we found out that you can find hope even when life is uncertain somebody said that hope is a whisper of maybe just maybe it's that flicker that gets our flame burning again knowing that things will be better with Jesus Christ and it's interesting we know and we always just starts out our advent series every year with O Come O Come Emmanuel How many of that was along in the Jewish heart for years? And the sad thing is, most Jews missed that. And throughout history, the Jewish people, uh, there was a hope. There's a hope of God's covenant. There was a promise of restoration and a blessing through the Messiah. But time dragged on and the nation floundered. They'd forgotten God for the most part. And the cry of ancient Israel was, how long, oh God? How am are glad that God never forgets his promise? But even among a nation that had, for the most part, forgotten God, there were some faithful few. How many know God always has a remnant? And we looked at Simeon and Anna in their story. We found out about them as well. And we know that God came into the world and they came to worship the newborn Savior. Paul wrote in Romans 15, verse 13, He said, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. How many know that God we serve is a God of hope? He is the God of hope. The second thing we've looked at this past four weeks is Trying to find peace in our struggles. I want to say this morning, or let me ask you a question, a sort of rhetorical question, because I know I'm preaching to the choir this morning. But how many are glad today you know the Prince of Peace? Amen. And if you're listening online, you will never have peace until you know the Prince of Peace. He's the only one that can bring peace into our lives. When the announcement came that night to the shepherds, certain of the world that needed peace, and we realized that those shepherds had to be afraid. They had never never witnessed a sight like that. No wonder the angel said, Fear not. Luke chapter 2, verses 10 through 14. The angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And there shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly, the Bible says, there was a great, with the angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Can you imagine those shepherds that night, the lowest of the low on the economic ladder or the social ladder, if you want to put it that way? But now they hear the news Israel has been longing for for years. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. The Apostle Paul realized how important peace was. He wrote to the church at Philippi, Philippians 4, verse 7. The peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Did you ever try to understand the peace of God? Did you ever try to explain it? You know why you can't? It's past understanding. That's the peace God offers through Christ even in the midst of troubles. The third thing we looked at over the last few weeks was finding joy in our discouragements. Anybody here ever been discouraged? Wouldn't we all like to say we've never been discouraged? But we lied about that, wouldn't we? We've, We've all got those days, those moments, those weeks, for some for years. But even then, Christ can come and fill our lives with joy that defies our circumstances. A joy, the Bible says, is unspeakable and full of glory. The psalmist wrote these words in Psalm 30, verse 5, Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the, the morning. And I realize that for some, Christmas is a joyful season, filled with songs and celebrations, but for others, not so joyful. Because every reminder of things gone by, years gone by, of disappointments, maybe a loss of a loved one, but I want you to realize Jesus Christ can bring joy in the midst of our discouragements. And I found out in my own life, the only way that I can find the strength of Christ is if I focus on Him. Not on my circumstances, Not on what's going on around me today, but focusing on the Lord Jesus Christ. Peter wrote this in 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 8 and 9. He's speaking about Christ, whom having not seen, you love. In whom though now you see him not, yet believing you rejoice, notice it, with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for helping us find joy in the midst of our circumstances. And then last week we looked at the topic of finding love in our differences. Aren't you glad that God so loved the world? He didn't divide it up between certain people, but he loved the entire world. Now, I don't need to tell you, we're living, we're living in a divided world, especially in our nation. And I've had to ask God to help me because just because I disagree with somebody's political views doesn't mean Jesus didn't die for their sins. doesn't mean that I have to stop loving them. God died for everyone. Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 3, look at verse 17 through 19. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted, notice this, and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth And height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. All the fullness of God. That we might know the love of Christ. Knowing the love of Christ. Luke chapter 2. And so it was, while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger, for there was no room for him in And we think about love and we think about peace and joy and hope. If we're going to experience those things, we will never experience them until we see Christ in our world. Experience Christ in our lives. Such a humble birth. For the most part, except for the conception or normal entry into our world. Born a baby. Fragile. He became one of us. And he did that that he might understand us. Understand the things we go through. Understand something about our longings and our struggles in life. And the Bible says he was tempted in all points as we are. Except without sin. God became flesh. Every Christmas Eve, we had the family over and pass out gifts. Most of the time there are two people surprised, me and the grandchildren. However, Cooper, I did get yours, and where's Anna? I got hers. They were easy to get this year. But I want to tell you, every year, every year, we read the Christmas story because we need to realize he came as a babe in a manger. But last night I asked a question. We know about when he was born, two thousand years ago. But my question was, when did Jesus become God? And I'm so thankful that our grandchildren are being taught at home. And I believe Sammy said, he was always God. But God became flesh. Wrapped in human flesh. For you and I, He came to his own, John said, his own world and his own, his own people refused him. But the great news is as many who would receive him, as many who would welcome into their lives, he gave them the right to become sons of God. What a savior. What a savior. I want you to know this morning, folks, without Christ there is no hope. Without Christ there is no peace. Without Christ there is no joy. Without Christ there's no real love. And all of those, I believe, are a byproduct in our lives. Because we know the Savior. He alone makes the difference in our life. And I want you to know, and again, we've been looking at rediscovering Christmas, but Jesus is life rediscovered. He is life rediscovered. And I say to those who are struggling this year, those who are asking, where is Jesus? I'll tell you where he is. Jesus is in our uncertainties. He's in the midst of our lives, in our struggles, in our discouragement. Jesus is in our celebrations and he's in our mornings. Jesus is in our crying and our rejoicing. He's in our fears and our triumphs. He is in our losses and our victories. What a Savior. He's in our brokenness and our healings. He never leaves us. He's in our sickness, in our health. He's in our life. He's in our death. During the month of November, one of the challenges that our promotional director in Ohio sent out was to read Psalm 139 every morning for the month. I've decided to make a rest of my life. God knows all about me. His thoughts are more than I can number. And Psalm one thirty nine reminds me that wherever I am, Jesus is there. If I take the wings of the morning and travel across this world, when I get there, I guess he's already there. If I make my bed in heaven, he's there. If I make my bed in the grave, they say, Oh, He is there. So wherever I am, He's there. And He's working. And he's moving. He offers life and forgiveness. Thank God for that. And he calls us every day. Calls us to trust him and see beyond our immediate circumstances. And see his bigger, deeper, broader, wider picture of his work. Jesus is in our world. He's in our lives. And a name shall be called Emmanuel. Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Jesus is the discovery of Christmas. And my prayer that not only this year, but throughout the whole year, Let's run like the shepherds did to encounter Him. Let's draw near to Let's follow that star, Rick. And we can rejoice with exceeding great joy. Christ has come, folks. And I say, Merry Christmas. Let's stand together. Thank you, Lord. Father, we are so grateful this morning for your mercy, and for your goodness. So thankful, Lord, for the love that you shed abroad in our hearts. But most of all, God, for the blood you shed on Calvary to forgive us and cleanse us of our sins. I pray, Father, you would draw us near to you that we would celebrate today the day that God became flesh. In Jesus' name, Amen. Rick, whenever you're ready, sing a song of invitation this morning. God is good, folks. Jesus is here.